Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Back, man. Sometimes we had these, these periods of time between the episodes where so much stuff happens in the league. And today's one of those episodes. We have playoff games to recap. We have NBA lottery. We have so much stuff to talk about. And, of course, I'm here with my boys. D. Mill still got that same picture of CJ and, and LeBron for some reason. Of course. I mean, you saw LeBron play last game, right? That was because that was, of that guy? That was because that of, was because of CJ McCollum? No, it was because of Melo. Melo was money in the garden, but I think it was just because of LeBron just missing shots again. P got Braun by himself, I'm thinking, unless you're blocking somebody. Oh, I got Braun by himself. Uh, the backs say playoffs, but yeah, you know what time it is. Um, it's, LeBron, it's LeBron James. Yeah, The fans say that I have something going on, and when I post something, they spaz. So I'm getting a lot of requests from people who with teams who want a guy. Like, the number one guy that they want me to put um, is Shea. They wanted Shea, but Shea just had a 30-point game. Mm. So I was like, let me not put him on here because he – you know, if he don't if he don't match the thirty one game, then they say it's my fault. Mm. So I'm going with a guy who's due. LeBron is due. Um, it, it, LeBron, it ain't necessary for him to have some crazy game as we just saw. They kicked their ass, and he only, he didn't do anything. Um, but I think LeBron is due for just you know a little bit more of a LeBron s game. He don't have to have fifty, but maybe more than ten points. So I'm gonna go with LeBron. I wanted to put CP3. Thought about putting CP3 up there. Um, but I'm gonna I'm just go with Brian. But but yeah, if I, if I I hope I don't regret putting CP3 back there. Mm. CP3 is you know he go for forty today with a game winning three. Mm. So be he awesome. is a little motivated. He said he got to do a little bit more because he ain't been he ain't been looking great. He ain't been looking great no. in these two playoff games. We'll talk about that. And Mike got the most obscure player to ever be on the through the wire Zoom calls. Uh, Daniel House. Yeah, I got my boy up here. He had a nice game the other day. Almost had a double-double, too. But the game James Harden struggled, he he definitely came through, uh, along with some other guys. But I got my boy up here for today. Can you exp- Why is that your boy again? I mean, it, he was undrafted, and I seen him come in with that Rockets team. And he, he just looked like he fit well. And ever since then, I, I just been liking him. Because he's been one of those players that, you know, they kind of grind from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now he's a quality starter for that team. Okay, okay. So, so okay, where do we start, start? Are we going to the lottery first or are we going to playoff games first? I'm ready to talk about everything. I've been so excited to do this podcast since Tuesday. This is the last one. What happened on Tuesday? Is that when Damon and them beat the Lakers the first time? Yeah, yeah it was. Because yeah, me yeah. and the Eagles went live that night. And I was like, I'm ready to do five podcasts right now. So I've been holding. We, we can start there. We can start with the lottery. We can go from lottery to playoff basketball, we can just go right to the playoffs and then hit the lottery. We can do both. Let's, let's hit let's hit lottery because uh, you know that's the fun part for me at least. You know what I'm saying? In, mm-hmm. NBA lottery. Um, so lottery night was Thursday in between the games. Thursday was a good day. You know, we had two games. We get lottery, then we get the the final game, which is which is great. Um, and what happened in the lottery? The big news is that the Charlotte Hornets jumped up from like the eighth projected spot to number three, and the Chicago Bulls jumped from number seven to number four. We saw the drops of um, the Cavaliers, the Pistons, the Knicks, but everything else stayed the same. Oh, no, no. And then we saw the jump up, I guess technically, from the Timberwolves from number two to number one, and then the Warriors dropped from number one to number two. Um, Very good moment for me personally as a Bulls fan. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's gonna matter that much. But it was just it was just fun to finally see something positive as far as the lottery goes for us because it would have been four years in a row where we ended up with that seventh overall pick. And now we, you know, just get the we get the fourth. And there's a lot of things that can happen between four and seven, I'm guessing. And um starting that night is when P that's when I started to do my research on these prospects. You know, usually uh comes to that point. And though we can all agree that there's no like bona fide come out first year star, most likely. You know, it's just a lot of good players all around this draft. Um, P, you're one of the teams that fell. So, from a Knicks fan, how, how you feeling about falling? Um, it's no biggie to me. I think that was – what a lot of people don't know is that was the second um, largest odd for us was to fall. Um, so, it was nothing to me. Uh, you definitely want to get one. You know, I'm not going to sit up here and pretend like, oh, I, I wanted eight. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. Um, but the odds of us getting one was never really in our favor as, as well as the other teams. Um, and then for this draft, for me, um, you know, the higher you can get, the better. 
you know, it'll be obviously, but the difference between six and eight isn't really that different in this mm -hmm. draft class. And I think people who know this draft class will know what I mean by that. Like anything that you want at six could potentially be there at eight. Uh, I think this is the type of draft class where a lot of teams in the top 10, even or even just in a lottery in general, they'll all have about four prospects that they're going to eye. And then they're going to, you know, just see how things go. Uh, besides the top three teams, of course, because they have all of the, the chances to get whoever they want. But for the teams after three or four, like the Bulls, from, from five to like 13, all of our teams will have, you know, like I said, three, four, five prospects that they're watching. And then you just have to play the game as far as what's available. Right. Um, but a lot of a lot of teams are going to have, you know, um, a, a group of guys that they're watching. And then depending on what happens, you'll get who you want to get. But I just think this is the type of draft where there's a lot there um, for what you need. This, this isn't a draft where they're trying to say that there's seven, seven superstars. But as far as role players and, and complementary pieces, like I've been saying, this is the draft for that. And I think even at eight, you can get somebody who's going to complement your young core. Um, and for, as a Nick fan, it's it's comforting because um, I think at eight, it limits our chances of screwing something up, if that makes sense. I think it's, in a, it's a position where there's not too many chances or risk we'll be able to take at eight. And so out of the guys we're going to watch, I think when eight comes – we're going to have one guy that's just there for us and we just take him and it's not going to be like, should we take this guy, that guy? Like if my four guys for the Knicks that I'm looking at, I don't think all four will be available at eight. We'll mm -hmm. probably have one or two and we'll make our decision off that. And then it'll be that versus the Knicks having like the fourth or third pick. I think then there could be some shit that they could fuck up. Cause it's like, when you're at three, do you take this guy, that guy, what if he, and then it's a, and I don't know if we're, we're, we're ready for that with all of the new shit going on. So let's just get a steady spot where we can hit it on and keep the ball moving. But shout out to the Bulls, man. I hope, I hope the Bulls don't do that. Hope the Bulls take what they need to take and call it a day. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this is this is one of those drafts that like, I mean, how, how do I want to say this? It's just, again, we, we mentioned like not a lot of superstar potential. You know, it's not, there's no guarantee Zion, John Moran, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I forget. I literally forget what I was gonna say. I literally forgot what I was gonna say. I mean, it's kind of built off what you said with the no superstars. Though I think that this draft, or just even during the draft, it's gonna be a lot of trades that you know without a lot of superstars. There's a lot of players that kind of just fit those molds as quality role players. Even the ones I think, if I'm not mistaken, but Devin Vassell, even even like a multi-year student multi-year athlete too you're yeah. there for like a couple years too there's quality three and d players that uh you know a lot of these teams competing can get so i'm curious to see who they they trade for i got it i got what i was gonna say other than like the first couple picks it's gonna be like the wild wild west right where like maybe some some mock drafts this person's projected to go seventh but instead they get selected at four because the people at four like the fit of him at four more than the seven yeah. um that's what i was trying to say before my brain just completely stopped thinking and that's why it's a lot of rumblings of trading down because mm -hmm. like the Timberwolves, uh, the guy that they may like um, isn't number one worthy. So let's just trade down. So so think... my question, my question to you, P, as like the through the wire draft expert, um, what is the I, so the value of the first overall pick is it's valuable, but it's the value is different every single year. Right. The Zion first overall pick got you, you know, could have got you some superstar type player in return. But in a draft that doesn't have a bona fide star like Zion, what is the potential in it? Because I've been seeing a lot of mock drafts where people are trying to trade the first overall pick for a combination of players that aren't even all-star level. So do you think that first overall pick is, is that low in value? Or if you had Timberwolves' first overall pick, are you still thinking that you can get a star or a borderline star player in return? No, I would not be looking to get a star. Um, because the teams who that pick would value, they don't have a star. Like the Knicks, we would value the number one pick, but what, do we, what can we give you right. that's going to be like the star? Um, even the Bulls, like the Bulls, they I'm sure they value the number one pick, but to a certain extent, I don't think they value it enough to give you um, everything that they have to significantly mm -hmm. hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think that's just really it. Like, who would be a superstar guy that could even be like Bradley Beal? I don't think the Wizards look at the number one pick like we're willing to give a Bradley Beal. Right. Um, so I, it's valuable, but 
to a certain extent. It's who you're asking who is a value to and in teams that it, it's valuable to. Um, I don't think they have anything to give you that'll be worth that'll be worth anything. Mm. Um, but I do think the type of draft that this is, um, especially with the teams that are, it's so funny because the teams at the top, they don't, they're the ones that don't value it as much. What right. it seems. So like um, the, the, the Timberwolves, I think that they could do a very good job if they find out and scout, I don't know how they've been scouting or, or what they're looking at from the draft uh, perspective. But if they do trade the pick, I think even without getting a superstar, they can put themselves in a good position because you can still potentially get your guy at, you know, uh, three, four, wherever they're trying to trade it, or even five. And then if you can get a role player back with it, then, you you know, I think that's a big win for them to get the guy that they want. Then also, let's hypothetical. Let's be hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what their money is like. I don't know. Well, let's just throw all of that out of here. We're just going off the top. Let's say – the Timberwolves traded with a team like the Bulls at four. Let's just say they wanted um, a Wongu out of USC. He's. It looks like he should be available at four. So let's just say they trade uh, with the Bulls. We'll give you one. You give us four, and you give us Otto Porter, and I don't know, just somebody, just a, a, a loose guy. They don't have. To oh, you him. want that? He's young to be your backup for? Say less. That, we yeah, got you. Some shit like that. Um, so now they ha- they got. Otto Porter, a quality wing and D guy. Um, and then they're going to get their fourth overall pick, who is a guy that they want. And then you're bringing that into D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Malik Beasley, uh, a Kogi, and then whatever they were doing free agency. And I think that would be a nice uh, night for them. Mm-hmm. As far as I, for me, draft draft nights for associations, I think wins and losses are just doing what you want to do, getting your guy. Right. Yeah, not the buzz. But if like the Timberwolves want a Wongu out of USC and they're able to trade down, get him and get a role player too, that's a good night for them because they executed what they wanted to do. Yeah. Right, and their their general manager came out immediately after the first overall pick. He was like, "We're listening to all offers, you know, like this this number one pick is not safe here in Minnesota, and we're we're probably going to see the same thing from the Warriors, right? We don't know what the Warriors want to do with that pick, and even the Bulls general or uh, front office guy was like, "Hey, the phone is going to be ringing, and I'm answering every single call." And so, I think it's all smart. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that is brilliant. Uh, I think the only team only team in the top four who shouldn't be looking to trade is the Hornets. The Hornets. Um, yeah. But the Bulls think it's genius for the Bulls to do it, uh, uh, whether they go up or down. Because um, if, if a team like the Timberwolves are trying to trade and you don't have – and they're not, like, asking for Zach Levine, Laurie Marketing or some shit. Like, if you had to give up Otto Porter and you can get the number one, then go for it. Go up. Hell, yeah. Fuck um, Otto Porter. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if the – like, I mean, even if the Bulls trade down, like, just say the Bulls are sold on fucking – uh, I like Denny, but let's just say Denny isn't the guy that they're sold on, which doesn't mean that they'll hate him, but just say like, they like somebody better. Um, you trade down a six and, and you can get some more with the with the guy that you want. I just think that it's, it's nice. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, That's what I said. I think they're gonna, just going to be a lot of trades because like the value on these picks are just, they're kind of like, we just don't know yet. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of players that have potential to be like all-star level or superstar even. But, I mean, I think for the first pick, if they do get a player like Anthony Edwards, now you're kind of banking in your first pick to come in as probably like your third best player and help you make the playoffs versus maybe you get a player that kind of fits your mold and you don't have to worry about uh, developing him into an all-star player. But he fits next, uh, he fits perfectly next to Cat and D'Angelo Russell. And then you go out there and make a trade for like a 3 and D auto porter or something like that. It just makes sense in a winning standpoint. And then in terms of just banking on development for a lot of these teams, they already have their pieces together. That's what makes the Timberwolves so good, so interesting because they already mm -hmm. traded their first round pick for next year, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason for them to, I mean, just draft a guy for for a project and just wait two years to see how he fits. They're like, no, we want to make the playoffs again. We that's why we traded all those picks for D'Angelo Russell. Carthony Towns was sad with everything. He wants to get back in the playoffs. We have the first overall pick, so let's let's listen to how we could potentially get this team better. If that means uh, not getting a 19 year old and maybe getting a, a, a vet. I think that's another thing why this this class is like viewed that way is because there are so many teams that necessarily don't need to hit for a home run. There's a lot of teams in this in this lottery that's like they have nice cores and they just need to add to it. They don't need mm-hmm. they're not even they shouldn't even be looking like if, if anytime you can land a potential superstar is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but like a lot of teams 
over the, the years, they look to like hit this home run out of the park. We're going to take this dude and hope that he's the next blah, blah, blah. But like a lot of teams like the Hawks, you know, we, we've said it over a few episodes, but like Trey Collins, Cam, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, boom. You got the Bulls with Zach, Laurie, Wendell. Even if they're not, their core isn't sold or haven't done anything tremendous, we, you see potential there to not feel like I need this Anthony Edwards or LaMelo person. And I think that's the thing. And that's why it's, it's so intriguing because, like I said earlier, a lot of teams that value the number one pick, they kind of are in the back end, like us, the Pistons, mm-hmm. uh, the Cavaliers. We're, we're down there, and all the teams who kind of don't value it, they're all the way up there. So it's just intriguing to see how it goes because this is a draft where guys could fall. Because if the Timberwolves don't really get anything that they want, what do they do? Are they going to draft a guy that they don't want because they couldn't find him? They'll probably just draft, you know, they could potentially draft somebody who wasn't supposed to go over, go one. But it's like, shit, we're not going to, if there's nothing we can do, we have to take our guy. Because right. we saw the Cavaliers do that years ago. Um, they took Anthony Bennett. And it's probably because they couldn't make a move. Mm-hmm. And that's just the guy that they wanted, and then it just looks silly. So it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be very interesting. It's a lot of avenues and trades. Um, this is one I, this is one of those years where I I wish that the NBA didn't have that stupid ass rule where once you're on the clock, you have four minutes to try to find a trade. You know, uh, because again, everybody is gonna be looking to move up, move down. If they have more than four minutes to get things done, then we have more trades and and just more shake up of the league. I forget what year it was, but I vividly remember. Um, it was like one of those war room videos where they had an offer on the table that they wanted they wanted to select, but their time had ran out, so they had to send in a pick, and they mm-hmm. really wanted to make that trade happen. But if you have eight minutes instead of four minutes to make it happen, then that trade happens, and who who knows what the league looks like now? Hey, since everything is virtual, just lag, just cut the connection. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, we we didn't know, but yeah, I'm excited, man. Um, a lot of people wanted. Nick Nations, Nick fans to cry and, and be in this. My my mentions blew up. Like I'm sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry for me. I'm 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 fine with we. I'm content. I'm not ecstatic or doing backflips, but I'm 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 content. I think this is gonna be a nice draft. Um, anxious to see how it goes for us because of so many different things we can do. I'm anxious to see the Bulls. Um, I think this is a year the Cavaliers need to really make a nice pick because we've seen them take guards. I think abundance of guards. I think that the Cavaliers could use the Dayton guy. I think they could. I think they could use a guy out of uh, Auburn, Isaac Okoro. Um, Obi. I thought, but the the reason why I didn't say him um, is I think that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be real, real nice. I think he's going to be. But real, is he real real. Obi? You said Ob Toppin, right? Yeah. KB. Yeah. Yeah. I I like him a lot. Like if the Bulls didn't already have their two front court players that I actually I really like. I wouldn't mind getting that guy. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulls yeah. take him. That's the don't, guy don't, that I, I, I when I that's, saw that's him, old ESPN that's old Bulls him. management. That's old Bulls ESPN management. ESPN had him coming here, and when I I looked him up, and it's like, nah, he does. I don't see him fitting. Yeah, that's old I, Bulls I, management. I want, get, I want them to get Denny in the hopes of them letting him be their point guard, like point four. Like that would just be beautiful to me. But I could see the Bulls taking Obi Toppin. That's the thing. Like a a lot of people don't want to make that mistake of passing on him. And I just feel like somebody's going to end up drafting them and be, be like, because because we're scared. Like, I don't ever think it's a good idea to draft a guy because you're scared he could, you could pass up on a star. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always about planning, going in there with a plan, and let's execute that plan. We got these guys, boom, 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 and this is what we're going to do. Not the fear of, man, everybody thinks he's going to be a star, and if we pass on him, we're going to look like one of those teams that passed on blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, it's it, hey, man. They keep talking about pushing all this stuff back, though. Uh, the draft, the free agency, and even next season, um, they came out and said that their main objective is to try to get it that once we get into the NBA season, um, they want fans there. They want fans there for next year. So that means that we'll probably won't see the season start until 2021. Um, but who knows? Who knows? So things are still tr- they're still trying to figure things out. Still trying to figure things out. Interesting to see what the Warriors do too, man. The Warriors got a lot of different things they could do as far as trades. They could take Wiseman. They could shock the world and take Lamelo out of nowhere. It's just a lot of things that could just happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know once we get this stuff to happen, we're going to need to know when we start. 
I'm, yeah. I don't want to do the draft and free agency and then wondering when the season is going to start because we all going to be excited. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's good lottery talks. Um, let's move on to some NBA games. Talk to talk about the playoffs. We'll hit on every single series since since uh, the last time we talked. We'll start off with the 1-8 um, Lakers, Portland Trailblazers. The Lakers fight hard in this one and uh, end up blowing these boys out. I don't know what the final score ended up being, but at one point it was just like, okay, let me turn this off because they were up by 30. D. Mills, how do you feel as a Trailblazer fan? They get that ass spanked up one time. It's there's no need to panic. It's a bad game. They couldn't shoot the ball well. Melo had two points. I mean, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis. KCP came out. He was shooting good. So I think the Lakers just kind of just had a good game, and <laughs> they got to show me that they could do that consistently. What What about the people that will argue that the same thing about Game One that the Trailblazers just had a good game and now they got to do it? For I mean, four, yeah, yeah, four they can. But I can. I feel like the Blazers' role players have consistently been good throughout these bubble games where the Lakers haven't. You think you don't think their luck gonna run out with the role players? You don't think this is the start of, of Gary Trent started looking And then also like... you can't rely on Dame and CJ to play that bad. I don't that's not gonna happen twice. I, I wanna object real quick. <laughs> okay. This is my problem with D Mills and why me and D Mills have a lot of back and forth. This is how the Tobias Harris thing started. You're, well, Tobias Harris you kinda, is terrible. You kinda, <laughs> you, kinda, you, kinda, you contradict yourself. We'll get to Tobias Harris because I'm gonna tell you one thing. You're 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 making yourself look like a jackass by trying to trash him when you had him above two all-star guys. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's just focus on this. Mm. You, you hang your head on saying you can't rely on certain things from other people, but you also can't rely on certain things with the Blazers. <laughs> like you can't rely on Caldwell Pope to have one point every game, or LeBron James and Anthony Davis to miss four consecutive free throws, or like they played bad in that game one and still yeah, you barely that's beat not- them. Y'all yeah, played bad and got spanked by 30. Mm-hmm. I Go feel ahead. like that. No, that first quarter game, man, I even tweeted out, like, at the end of the day, I think that Lakers just missed. They missed, like, one or two shots down that stretch. That game could have went a totally different way, especially if they yeah. hit those, the free, those throws. free throws. The free throws. They yeah. hit the free throws. It's probably a different game. And that's why I was like, man, after that first game, we could beat the scene, like, easily. We just hit a couple more shots. We played a little bit better defense. We good. Next game. No, yeah, defensively the Lakers were very engaged yeah. and they were really yeah, you good. You can on tell the, the Lakers got their edge back defensively and they were they were able to get a lot of easy buckets and, and help their offense that way. But I mean, it, it's honestly, I think it, it at the end of the day it comes down to, um, you know, can we make a few shots? We're a team that we don't have to rely on the three ball. Back like during the season, we beat Milwaukee with like two or three threes made. You know, that shows how the Lakers can hang their head on the defensive end. Y'all need that three ball a little bit, Mike. Yeah. We do. And as I said, at the end of the day, we, we do need to make our shots, but it's not like we're just relying on it to, uh, you know, win us every game. I hope Anthony – well, I mean, I hope Anthony Davis stays that aggressive. If he does stay that aggressive, then, yes, you will blow him out. You will win that series 4-1, I mean, probably. That's, but that's what yes. you kind of expect from Anthony Davis. You expect – game two, Anthony Davis is more so what you'll get from Anthony Davis versus game one. That's why I'm saying – you saying you can't rely on this and that. You you can't rely on the Lakers to be a, a top tier team, motherfucker. They're the number one team for a reason. <laughs> Chances are they're going to be top tier. You, I don't, I can't rely on the Lakers to play at that level. Why? And there, and LeBron did not have a good game whatsoever. Yeah, no. he had ten points, and they yeah. blew y'all out. I'm just confused. Yeah, but also Dame and CJ played terrible. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens. That's what I'm saying. You can y'all banking on see y'all banking on Dame to score forty and CJ to back him up with twenty five to thirty. I mean, y'all got to be able to win when they have bad games too. That that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying is that what you're relying on. But I, I feel like the Lakers can't win if LeBron and Anthony Davis both have bad games either. So you can say that the is same more about of a rarity than yeah, that's more of a rarity, bro. That's that I haven't even seen that. What what game? But, but even even with what you said, we I would argue that game one LeBron was not great and Anthony Davis was not great. Fuck the stat lines, Le, you know. Down the stretch, LeBron was not impactful as you know he could be. Close. And the and the game was a free throw or two away from going in their favor. Um, and I, I just like playing devil's advocate here because again I don't hold any stakes here. Y'all two got stakes in it because these are y'all teams, which is funny. Um, Same with me. And they, and then on the flip side, what happened, KB? When Damon Damon had the bad game, it was down forty basically. And it's like man, lopsided emails. That's all I'm saying. I'm just super yeah. happy that Dame's injury is not anything that's going to hold him out any time because that that 
finger looked kind of nasty for a second. So I'm happy he'll be back. Um, he wasn't icing his finger in the post game, you know, like some other players in the league, just like icing body parts after bad games. Oh, George, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my favorite player, but he got to stop that, bro. Talking about his shoulder. His shoulder didn't hurt when he was talking trash today. I'm like, damn. Shoulders was fully healthy coming in. Now he have a bad game. Bad and and that, now he, he just, y'all saw what he said last night? He's just yapping now. What did he say? He said, I'm not James Harden. If I have a bad shooter game, I'm still impactful. Yes. Oh. Yes. He said Wait, that. why he bring James Harden into this? What James Harden do? <laughs> I don't know, bro. It's funny because James Harden just had a bad shooter night and still had an impactful game. Yes, bro. I, <laughs> like, he, Paul George is going through something right now. He just can't <laughs> shut up, bro. Wait, do they, they play the Rockets in the next round? The Rockets win? No, 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 the Rockets would play against the Lakers. The Lakers would play the Rockets. Let me find out Paul George, Braden, Kawhi, here in the bubble. <laughs> I'm no James Harden, <laughs> is what he said, which is wild, bro. I'm no James Harden. James Harden you're not. Funny. No, you're no James Harden. You got him right. You're not James Harden. He will respond. Trust me. If it's anything I know about James Harden, he's going to respond. They in the same hotel. Like, they like two floors away Are they in the same hotel? <laughs> yeah. yeah the, <laughs> one, the one, two, three, and four seeds are all in the same hotel. So they're in the hotel together. All right, either way, I think we have a game tonight between Lakers Portland, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we do. You do. So we're gonna we're gonna see how that how that uh comes out. And of course we got our episode on Tuesday. And they'd be getting they, they just got done playing game four, too. So we got two games to talk about for the next episode. It's so funny, man, that if the Lakers win and the rest of the games out and win the series, it's gonna be because of Dame Finger. Mm. No, Dame not that type of player. No, no, no. You it don't matter what Dame is, but uh-huh. it's the people. D. Miller is going to be like, his finger was hurt. We can't expect that. I'm not, I'm not going to hold him on that. <laughs> was, he, was it his shooting hand or was it his left hand? Okay. I can't rely so, on him to be like that. <laughs> let's get to another 1-8. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks came back and um, also did the same thing what the Lakers did and just blew out the competition in, in a game where Chris Middleton, we got to talk hard about Chris Middleton. Yes, man. He's going to um, have to turn it up. Cause he he's been he's been going out I'll of the radar that. at this point. I'll sit that one now. Um, he, he averaging eight points right now in these playoffs. Eight I'll points on like thirty percent shooting. Yeah, he's gonna uh, have to get it together. Cause I mean, it, by the way it's looking, Miami gonna come out with their series, and you don't wanna you don't wanna be struggling against Miami the way they play, especially I when they should never be going against way better defenders against Miami too. I don't even wanna get in that conversation. Yes, I'm gonna leave that one for y'all about Chris Middleton. Yeah. I mean, see, he, he in the in the regular season he played very well and it was super efficient. I'm a forty ninety club basically. I'm gonna still I'm gonna say the same thing I said about Jason Tatum when uh, when he first got into the bubble and he was struggling. I think it's just that shooting slump. He he gonna definitely have to get into it. He gonna need to because if he they gonna, he, he doesn't gonna they're gonna lose to. next round. Chris, yeah, Chris Middleton definitely. is so impactful for them when he's when he's good they're an unstoppable team. It's just a matter of getting him to look good night in and night out. And it's funny to say that about a guy that was literally 50-40-90 basically in the regular season. But we've seen throughout the, this last year and then the first two games this year, like the playoffs, for some, for some reason, he just doesn't look like the same regular season player in the playoffs. And it might be mental. It might just be unfortunate slumps at the wrong time. But having two, this is, I will see, I got a, I follow a couple of people on Bucks Twitter and they were like, this is the worst game we've ever seen him play in his entirety on the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Luckily, luckily they won by basically 20 without that, but you can't have that type of game from him going on in the next series or a series after that. You're going to need him to provide more than two points on one for eight. Yeah. What else is a different game, man? Teams, teams strategize. They look at you. They look at all your, your flaws. They look at everything that you've done, and they study it for a seven-game series, and it's just different. It's just different. You got to be built a certain way. Um and if you're used to certain things and they start taking off those things and you, that's what makes the greats greats. It's like they can handle whatever they need to handle. Uh, it's tough for guys like Chris Middleton though, for me, um, cause they're role players and they have a certain role. And if a team is keying in on that role and trying to take it away, they're not the type of guys that are, you know what I mean? Like they have a role. So if you take my role away, now I have to go back all the way to the drawing board and try to refigure out my role just for this series. Like it, it could be a way I'm not excusing his his play at all, but um, I think Bucks people also have to remember that Chris Middleton is a role player. Like I, I, he's not he's not that type of guy to me. I don't even think he's a number two. Um, he's not a number he's two. He's a two and a half. He, he, he's a two and a half to me. He's a dude. 
I, I'm not gonna say now he just no role player or something like that. I think he's a he's a really good starter, really close to all star. He and that's close. He, no, he he, he has been an all star two years. He's an all star. He's an all star. But I, I mean, wouldn't say he's a number three option, but I would definitely say he's a solid. I mean, right now he's looking like it. Well, what I would, what I would say is that if if your goal is to win a championship, Chris Middleton being your number two is going to make it a little bit difficult. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if Giannis is struggling and having an off game, I can't be like, okay, Chris Middleton, I need you to take over for this three or third or fourth quarter for me to kind of like get us over this hump. Mm-hmm. He's always been that dude that he, if he does have a stretch and he's hot, you know, he could put up you know a nice little chunk of points. But I can't really. I agree with that right that there. Guy. I think that's why he's a third option is because you're never you're never looking at him and saying take us home. You're looking at him and yeah. if he is taking you home, you rolling with it. You're just like, oh shit, he's snapping. Let's go for it. If he's mm-hmm. on fire, we're gonna rock with it. But he's never a guy that you're gonna look at and say, uh, here, make something happen for us. Uh, and I think that's really a third guy. Um, you know, he's a, he's a very good NBA player. He's extremely solid, and with that team. You know, in certain stretches, he looks, I think, I don't want to say better than what he is, but um, it just fits him real well. It's just a good situation. It just fits him real well in the regular season. But um, there is times where they, we've seen, because Giannis isn't a shot creator, they'll need that. And I think people want to put him in that place when that's just not who he is. And I think that's why I can kind of be detrimental to him. It's kind of like the Tobias Harris thing. Because the Sixers lack certain things, People like Derek want him to all of a sudden be this player that he's just not. That's just not who he is. And I think it's tough on those type of guys because Chris Middleton is just not that guy. As good as he is in other areas, you can't just be like, here, create a shot for us or or, or this or that because it's just not who he is. Yeah. And I think a big part is that when we look at him and saying, like, is he going to be their closer? I don't think he's that guy either. Eh, no, he's, been, he's, been, he's been pretty successful as their closer. If you I like, call, if, if we talk about, like, statistics – as their closer, sure, but I don't think he's a closer. No. I think they would prefer a, if they could have if they could have another guy, and he could be their third type guy. I think then we look at them as a legitimate championship favorite. But I don't know. We'll see though. We'll see. I think there's. I, I, we'll see. We'll see how he performs. Yeah, but the rest when of you the have Giannis sure. as your number one option, it kind of like you. It kind of works out that way, especially when he compliments Giannis so well. I guess he is a true like his Robin to his Batman. I can still see the same winning the championship, which is they have a chance. All, all, all this, all this, what we're saying, like even with him being the number two, or maybe not the best option, the number two, everything else around them is so nice that like them winning the championship is no surprise whatsoever. I, them getting their ass bounced out of the playoffs wouldn't be a surprise either. Just a right, yeah, I guess so. Um, two two sevens, Toronto's up three zero. I don't know how much more we can say about that series. Joe Harris Talk left the bubble, bouncing a team out that ass. Toronto. Could be a team that could do it to you, Chris Middleton. Toronto got a good matchup next that, you know what I'm saying, we're going to have to do a little preview on because they're going to have to go against the Boston Celtics very soon, and that's that's the series. But we'll get to the Celtics. Um, when it comes to Toronto, they're just they're just so solid all around. One night is Cal Lowry, one night is Freddie, one night is Pascal, one night is OG, and then all the nights is Marcus all defensively. So it's just like they're just – just super, super nice. It's not much to really say about the series other than they're taking care of business and uh, they're going to get a couple days rest soon once they complete the series. Yeah, they just playing good basketball around. I mean, the last game was that game three. I'm looking at it. They shot 50% from the field. They shot 47% from three. And then they held them to 33% from the field and 31% from three. And then they beat them in damn near every category. Uh, they out-rebound them. Um, they had yeah. more assists. The only thing they lost was the nothing. Well, turnover. Man, man, they had one more turnover. I mean, yeah, Brooklyn had the one game where they were close, where they had the opportunity in game two. It was just nasty. Right it, was, it was a disgusting watch, like game to watch in game two. Yeah. It was just and bad. And then the Raptors eventually pulled it out. OG Ananobi, man. In game two, OG Ananobi, big steal, big dunk, and that was a closer. That was a closer. Uh, anything else about this series? We're more just waiting for round two for these guys, to be honest with you. Yeah, Tyler Johnson, he's, he had a nice little performance. You've seen some guys in Brooklyn here and there have some performances. And then Timothy Luau Cabarro, bro, he has another year on his contract for worth $1 million. That is a steal for him as a role player, bro. Wow, I, I thought he was going to be a free agent. $1 mil next year, bro. Shout out to him, shoot. Hey, him, him being the, his jump shooter has come a long way since his first couple years in the NBA. So shout out to him for just working hard. 
Uh, then on the other side, we got a 2-7 of the Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. It is 2-1 Clippers at this point. Last night, we saw Luka have a little ankle tweak, but he said, no matter what, don't worry about it. He'll be ready to play for next game. Um, I made a little joke on Twitter because he had the ankle injury. He went to the yeah. back. He saw the box score. was like, I got 18-9-9. Check me back in, coach. Yeah. He got his <laughs> rebound. He got his assist, and he was done. And some people took that, like, as really offensive. And I'm just like, if you take that little joke as an offensive, you can't be on Twitter, bro. You you can't yeah. be on Twitter, especially not on my Twitter, bro. Yeah. It's, it's uh, very questionable because, like like Drake said, like a Frank or I ain't nothing to play with. Mm. I don't. It's it's risky playing with a friend, especially when <laughs> bro, he hey, that bad. Hey, Pete face is just looking like man, that <laughs> shit was corny. <laughs> <laughs> he tweaked his ankle pretty bad. He couldn't even put weight on it walking. So like, I don't know. He's gonna nah, be very questionable. That that happens all the time, right? Where somebody sprains their ankle and they come back in. It it just happens, especially with the adrenaline pumping. And the game wasn't really that close. It was like a 12, 13 point game at that point in the fourth quarter. Um, so sure. It was kind of hanging in a balance, though. So yeah. I can see yeah. maybe, like, it, it's a nice argument that, I mean, Mavericks had some stuff, like, with the KP ejection. Um, they obviously won game two. This game was close. And when Luka is not even playing at, like, you getting this third. This, this Mavs team could have been damn near up 3-0 in this game. I don't know. I couldn't count this game. I can't count yeah. this game. They I were down, they were down by 13 near. once he tweaked his ankle. So we're not going to say he tweaked his ankle, then they lost. They the first two games, they, they were, were always just, like, right there, yeah, They though. were bringing it back, though. I see why they Mike was saying right. that, though, because they were right there. And it seems they were like bringing it back. was Luka to get over that hump of being there. But yeah. I, I won't give them 3-0 either. But they definitely should be up 2-1. Um, and it, the Clippers got to be, you know, um, looking in the mirror because this, 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 this is not over. I know they have a little comfort because they two one, but the, the the Mavericks are in this. And even when you look at the series matchup, everything is neck and neck. Uh, the, the Clippers are averaging one twenty; they're averaging one one nineteen point seven. The rebounds is forty five to forty four. Uh, the Mavericks have a big margin of assists; they're at 23, 20, yeah, 23 to nineteen. Um, the steals are neck and neck, seven to six. Blocks is three to two point seven. The turnovers is eleven to thirteen. Uh, the Mavericks are shooting forty nine percent. The Clippers are shooting forty eight percent. The Mavericks are shooting thirty nine percent from three. Clippers are shooting thirty five. Clippers shooting seventy eight percent from the free throw line. Mavericks are shooting seventy five. Like this looks like a four five matchup more than a two seven. It's legitimately super super even. And um, I do agree with Mike though. Clippers do have the lead, and they did win that game last night. But uh, it's looking favorable to the Mavericks. It's looking like the Mavericks are are in this, and and should they should be winning it to me. Yeah, um, I mean, I I just say well, last game they they lost, and it was kind of it was close, but you could say the Clippers had the game for the most part. But I, I just think that you know you got to try to win that game, especially with PG struggling. If you could win that game, you probably look real good, and um. I mean, yeah, I was willing them boys to win. Kawhi was, was amazing. Every time, every time the Mavs like made a little push, Kawhi was there. He mm-hmm. was not letting them win that game. That's why I see Paul George braiding his hair in the bubble. This series reminded me of of Heat Bulls, man. Heat Bulls. That one year went five. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah. then if you add up all the points, it was a tie series. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that veteran, that veteranship. It's just what gets you over the hump, and I think that's what's happening with the Clippers, man. That's why it's gonna be so heartbreaking if it goes seven, and then the Clippers win because we're gonna be like, "Damn, that Chris Stapps game." Uh, they go Chris playoff P right there in Game Seven. He's he he just hasn't been very good, bro. He's, I like that he, as a he, Paul George fan, he really pissed me off with the ice on show. <laughs> <laughs> that really pissed me off for real. Like yeah. all jokes aside, I really saw them was pissed. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be fine. Once he gets a shot going, he's going to be good. He's been doing everything else, though, pretty well. I think he had near, like, eight, nine assists. And he, yeah, he's, yeah. No, he, he's no James Harden. He ain't no James Harden. So you yeah. got to give him his credit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like all the different looks that they're giving Luka. I mean, they just switched it up. Mar- um, Marcus Morris gets a lot of possessions, and then we get some Kawhi switches, and then we get Paul George switches. I wish that I wish that, that team didn't switch as much as they did, if that makes sense. Because you guys have so many great perimeter defenders, I don't want to see a possession where Montrez Harrell has to guard Luka. Just get over that screen. Paul George, you're all defensive player. Get over, get the hell over those screens. Just just start Montrez, doing that. Montrez don't want to see it either. Yeah, that was, that was a little <laughs> funny. That was funny. That was funny, the little thing they got. Um, overall, this has been one of the better series, though, for sure. With the star power, 
uh, close games, ejections, yada, yada, yada. It's been one of the best series to watch so far. Um, and it's 2-1 Clippers, but anything anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, get to I the agree. Hope Luka will play next game. He ah. said, I'm pretty, he said he's going to play. So I'm going to trust him. He knows his body more than anybody. Oh, he said Luka, bro, you got your mind if you think Luka wasn't going to play. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he Same has with Dame. Like I knew Dame was. I knew before I need anybody to tell me that he was gonna play. Yeah. Yeah, I knew Dame was playing because it was just a dislocated finger. Ankles are different, man. He said it ain't that the bad. Week, how hard play. it is. Yeah, we know a dude that had an ankle injury and he was out for like six months. P, yeah, you were so. not there. We talked about this recently. I don't think you were there though, P. It was like yesterday or two days ago, and they were just. It was it was hilarious because he was saying I think Mike was like can you guard me and he was like yeah I can guard you he's like we talk about the same dude that had an ankle sprain that didn't hoop for six months it's that's like, weird though Ty crazy bro yeah and Ty he still was he, bro, bro yesterday he was like man still to this day it just don't feel right man. yeah yeah he, he gonna hold on to that and I wasn't even there for that but I already know because he he said the same thing to me like yeah this be it, it's just different it ain't the same. <laughs> Boy, cut it out. Shout out to Ty. Yeah, he got his out. personal best, though. He got his personal best on his two miles. So, shout out to Ty. Oh, that ankle ain't, ain't shit wrong with that ankle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, six out east. We got three, oh, Boston over Philly. Damn. Man, yeah, man. man, man. Um, it's been nice, though. It's been a good AD series. Mills. AD Mills. High five. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, it's crazy because, like, I was watching this game, and um, Joel Embiid had thir- uh, 21 at the Tw- half. 22 at half. Yeah. And he ended with 30. Mm-hmm. That just shows you really the how the game really shifted. Right but it now. wasn't even fr- – I mean, it was a combination of, of lack of effort and just him getting clamped at the end of the day. Daniel House was playing really good defense in that second half and great team defense where we got people digging, digging, Daniel digging. Nice. House played for Daniel House. Oh, what did I say? House? Uh, yeah, you did oh. say House. I was looking at the background. <laughs> Daniel Tice played good defense, and they were digging hard on him whenever he got to the mid- to, to the post, and that, that pushed him out till he was settling for mid-range jump shots. And Daniel Tice was like, okay. You know, take it. Just take it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I mean, they needed somebody else to step up. Nobody did. And then, the, I mean, Boston not play a good game either on the offensive side of the ball. But that's one of the reasons, yeah, like, they don't shot the ball pretty bad. When we were talking about, when we were talking about, like, the preview, and I, I was talking about, like, this is one of those teams that finds a way to win those nitty-gritty, both teams look terrible games. Somehow they always do it throughout this entire season they have. And we just saw their first game of that in the playoffs where Jason Tatum did not look good until, like, the fourth quarter. He had a couple big shots. Um, nobody really looked good, but they end up they were able to claw through this and get a win, and it's that was the dagger. That was it. Up 2-0. You can see somebody coming back 2-0. What'd you yeah, say? Yeah. Shout out to Marcus Smart, though. Late in that game, he had a crucial steal that led to a Jalen Brown and one. And then mm-hmm. he had a um he had a play late in like the last 40 seconds where he drove and he got the foul on Joel Embiid and he knocked it down free throw. Yeah. So shout out, he, I mean, he's a, he always making like, winning plays late. That's that thing. Yep. Yeah, that's good execution on defense, especially late in game. Uh, I think it, I think it's definitely hard for Joel Embiid that to carry that offensive load at the size he is. You know, he's gonna be tired by the time he gets to that fourth quarter. In late in the game, we got to see he does get sloppy, and like Derek said, he had that t- bad turnover to Marcus Smart, which is, I don't know, it's just that that was a definitely a, a very good like turning point because the 76 had just took that lead and they looked like they were getting momentum, but I mean Philly, they just don't look like they all there. I mean they're they very don't want to hoop. Yeah, they look like they're very easy to guard. They're stagnant, and then you know if you could slow down Jordan Beat or at least yeah, get him to turn on the ball over, they don't really have much offense. You could tell they definitely miss. That, that push from Ben Simmons, from him getting the rebound and you go on getting those easy buckets, or even just being a, a good offensive rebounder for his size against a smaller team like this, they definitely just missed that presence. I mean, yeah, they don't have anyone to really great shot for others. You, you tweeted really that, right you like retweeted that picture of the spacing on that on Philly yeah. on that one post touch. It's like, God, that's awful. It's that's, just like, you had two people in one corner, bro. Where do they do that? <laughs> and they just they just don't I think Mike just said it, they just don't have playmaking. They don't have any playmaking. They they release Trey Burke to keep Raul Nato and Raul Nato can't even touch the floor. And Trey Burke is out there hooping for the Dallas Mavericks. You know, just it's just a lot of stuff that's been going into them just not being successful. And then this was the the icing on the cake. But of course, if we're gonna talk about Philly, we gotta get back to the Tobias Harris talk. So I'm gonna let y'all talk about that because when I saw that, I didn't remember the ranking system that you had, emails. And when I saw that clip, I was like, "No, you didn't." 
I no, can't remember the rate consensus. I'm pretty sure it was based off of mathematically. That's where he failed. No, 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 nope, nope. That's not. That's thank not you, how it worked. Thank you, thank you. I, I don't remember how this thank happened. You. That was, was your. We talked about I, your list. This is your yeah, list. I don't even remember this, bro. That shit is crazy. Oh, okay, but it happened. I it, but I, I, it happened. It happened. Thank you. It was an accident. Thank you. Okay, so, somebody, somebody, please, somebody explain what are we talking about for the people that have no idea. So this is this is what's happening. Um, <clears throat> D Mills has. And I don't know why he does this, because this is a dangerous game to play in all seriousness. As a basketball analyst, this is some shit you should know. This is just one-on-one. He, he's reactionary to games. Who you are isn't determined by one game. So a guy like Tobias Harris will struggle, and then he'll say Tobias Harris is terrible, which we <laughs> all know. He's not terrible. And I see fan, fans even corrected him and was like, put an asterisk, like playing terrible, like correct yourself. He's not terrible. But he's going to keep running with it because he'll get a couple retweets from some Celtics fans and he'll, they'll blow smoke up his ass. And then what will happen is Tobias Harris down the line will have a 40-point, 47-game, 47-point game, and fans will go dig up that tweet of him saying terrible. And then D. Mills will be like, I apologize. I'll, but a fan was like, D. Mills, how are you saying this when you had uh, Tobias Harris ranked above uh, Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. And here's Derek. And nowhere in hell I said that. <laughs> no, I did it. I ain't say that. No, I and I, we have the best fan community in America, and they have the wildest things that, that we don't even remember bookmark. So if here's a fan. Oh, you didn't say that? Went right this, to it. This you <laughs> and pulled it up and I walked off set as soon as you said it. And now it's just funny because you're in a lose-lose. You can talk shit about Tobias Harris all you want, but the more you do that, the more you talk shit basically to yourself because you're the same guy that had him not over just Ben, but Nikola Vucevic, who's also been hooping his ass off. So it just looks wild. It looks wild. And then you had him over a lot. Of, to have him in the top 30. Wait, was this crazy. coming into this season? That was, yes, yeah. This was this yeah. Coming into this season. So this is after the contract. Actually, and everything. first of all, just think about this. The Phillies, the Sixers <laughs> have two. Like generational talents almost with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but the dude they traded for, he was just better than Ben Simmons. <laughs> and that's what I was gonna tell you, Mike. Like it didn't matter when this was, but it was the season. Ben yeah. Simmons should have never been under Tobias Harris, never. I don't know. Yeah. And if Tobias Tobias Harris, he has been shooting the ball bad, but he's been a lot better than the fuck Al Horford was. Yeah. That's what to be trashing. And Paul George has been bad, but is are you calling him terrible? Because with your ideology, Paul George is just fucking trash. No, nah, because I, I know what Paul George can do. You don't know what Tobias Harris can do? <laughs> yeah, you just I can't, had him right there. I do, but he's been, he's been bad for like 10 straight games. Playoff <laughs> games or we talk about bubble? Uh, I think it's a common, it's all of them, yeah. Yeah, Tobias like, Harris. He, I mean, he's just so had, no, he hasn't was, been good. If he hasn't, but if Tobias Harris was playing uh, above what he usually does for ten straight games, are you didn't calling him elite? It, it does who no. get, right? So why is he terrible now? Is he gonna be if he wouldn't be when, the, when it really matters and they really needed him? He ain't doing nothing. He had a good first half, then the second half he didn't do anything last night. Just Eddie, nothing. If the Portland Trailblazers could get Tobias Harris, you'd be slobbing at the mouth. He'd be an upgrade. Similar to the mellow thing. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Trash mellow. Mellow shouldn't be in the league. He is but then you go get mellow. And now, and now he, he got a mellow shirt. He got a whole <laughs> shirt for mellow. <laughs> yeah, Demons, you funny. Hey, keep doing you though. I'm not gonna tell you not to tweet something. Cause I think it's hilarious when I see it on the timeline. Hey, uh, yeah, so, no, so definitely do your thing. But I'm just saying you go you get yourself in a lot of hot water by just being reactionary to one game. <laughs> Or a few games when we all know who a player is isn't ba- you can't look at me and tell me LeBron James is terrible because he's he's, he's had ten points that last game. Right. But let them fans hype you up, man. Keep going for it. I can't wait till our next ranking players video now because people are gonna keep pulling up receipts. Yeah, we <laughs> we, we need to do something different with ranking. We've had Terry Rozier top ten point guard. We got Tobias here. Yeah. Above. Yeah. We gotta be better. I'm Think just saying. It. I'm just saying. It's two people on this cast that never get nothing super crazy done. That's all I'm saying. Somebody said Terry Rozier was the tenth best point guard in the whole league. And he was. He was the backup there. He wasn't even on the Hornets yet. Yeah. Wild. That's the that lazy ass work. That, see what happens when you don't fucking try. 
that was just not trying. That was we're, out <laughs> we're in New York because we did that all together. Like we're, we're in New York, and I don't care. I'm just on vacation, so I'm I'm just not even gonna try. I'm gonna just think of ten names to put. Like that motherfucker didn't even Google shit. He was just like ten point guards. Y'all y'all needed me to give ten point guards. Yeah. Yeah, I'm damn near in the same, but I can't believe I said that shit. He must have had like five back to back to back to back good ass games or some shit. It was oh. right after the playoffs. Yeah, right you looked at that playoffs and you was like, yeah, he the he, real deal. People was talking yeah. about he finna replace Kyrie Irving for you because he had a good series. <laughs> he was going right along with it. Either way, uh, um, Boston's going to end that series pretty soon. So let's move on to the other three six, which is Denver one, Utah two. Utah came out and mm. destroyed them boys yesterday. Mike Conley pulling off his Fred Van Vliet, had a son, and now uh-huh. he about to dominate. Um, shoosh. I mean, I fell asleep during this game, and it was like yeah. a it was like a nine-point game, and I fell asleep. Yeah, I woke I up, too. it was 40. It was 40, bro. I did, too. Yeah. I woke up to Jordan Yang hitting the three, and I kind of got the five <laughs> before I looked at the score when I heard Yang for three. I was like, oh, okay. But mm-hmm. allowing Mike Conley to come back just moves out of the mental back to his, his normal – natural position of an off guard so we could just focus on scoring and that's exactly what he did and then Mike Conley had his game Rudy Gobert heard all of us in the world talking shit and he was like I'm gonna put up a 24 and 15 game in limited minutes um Denver Denver just did not look good they're another one of those teams that switches everything and that allows um Michael Porter Jr. who just doesn't know what to do on the pick and roll just yet gets he got he got they saw where he was they went after him every single possession if they could And yeah, they, just, they they made him look bad. Yeah, their defense was just like they couldn't be found. I mean, there was literally a possession where off a made basket, they're getting back, and Michael Porter Jr. is pointing to for somebody to go get Donovan Mitchell as Donovan Mitchell's running for an easy dunk. Mm-hmm. Like Mike Malone, you could tell Mike Malone couldn't he couldn't even deal with it. They were just giving up super easy points. And you know, it's gonna be games where those shots not falling or you're not hitting those super big shots. You're going to have to play some defense to pull out those stops, and Denver just didn't do it. I mean, Rudy Gobert was yeah. just eating all night off live. Mm-hmm. You got Joe Ingles getting to the rim at almost will. You know, you, you're going to have to stop somebody if you want to win a game. Yep. Yeah, when you got two players in your lineup that are bad in the pick-and-roll defense, I mean, just pick your poison. Do you want to go with Jokic or do you want to go with Michael Porter Jr.? Yep. Then it breaks the whole defense down, and now you just got your rotations are late and everything's all bad. So they definitely got to figure something out with that. I wish I had a bottle of champagne. I wish I had some sparklers. Um, but I want to celebrate Donovan Mitchell for the game two performance. Um, everything that I talked about after the game one performance, he came out and he did, and he executed it. Uh, and I feel like, for me, game two of this series could be a game-defining a game moment in uh, Donovan Mitchell's career. Could change his career. Because uh, – that Donovan Mitchell that we saw in game two is a Donovan Mitchell that we would need to consistently see for him to be on a level of a Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. Um, just everything he did that game. I feel like that game changed the series. Came out, didn't force anything, let the game come to him, got his teammates involved early. Or even when he wasn't necessarily getting them involved and I'm creating the play for them, I'm going to get out their way and I'm going to just let them hoop and I'm going to just be in the floor of the game. And then when that third quarter came, as he's done this entire series, I'm putting the, I'm putting the, uh, the the locks on this game. We going home, and I, I was I was very happy to see that of him. Um, and then the other guy I put the challenge out to, Jamal Murray has kind of backpedaled, um, and he hasn't really. Donovan Mitchell was going back up to the Devin Booker conversation, and Jamal Murray is kind of just dwelling back. So I want to see Jamal Murray get back into this, uh, and I I still want to see the same things from Donovan Mitchell that we saw in Game Two, even though Mike Conley is back, because I like seeing Donovan Mitchell just be in the flow. I don't think. Since Donovan Mitchell, I mean, since Conley is back, let's go back to my old habits. Like, no, nah, let's continue to be that because Don uh, Conley had 27, so he can make some shots too, and he can play off of you. You don't have to just go back to being a gunner. Be that, be that well-rounded offensive player that we we know you can be. And then when a game is on the line and it's time for you to take them home, you do just that. But uh, Denver got to wake up, man. They're too talented of a team to lose the series. Utah definitely is good enough to fight back and make it interesting as they have thus far. But Denver got Denver Denver got to get out of the series. It would be a it would be a very big L if they lost the series, um, to, especially to, with them missing a starter yes. and Mike Conley not being there for yes. one of the games. Yes, but you know right. Denver Denver's also missing, missing two starters. Here's some Will Barton. Yeah, they're also probably going to be two starters. Um, and, and Will Barton, I'm pretty sure Will Barton left the bubble to to get looked at too. So I don't think they, he's going to play at all this series. So 
Um, both what teams are, are missing pieces. I forget exactly. Hip was like it, one of them has a hip injury. I, don't I think his is his hip, and then Gary Harris has a knee injury. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, they just the Jokic didn't look great this game. They just all all together. It just like. They didn't wake up. They looked like they didn't show up. Sure. They didn't look yeah. like they showed up. They didn't. I think they still have enough talent to win this series and should still be the favorites to win the series. They they they're deep, they're a deep team. Yeah. Yeah. I I just didn't like how their offense. They look real stagnant. Like I said, when Jokic or Jamal Murray not hitting those big shots, it just seemed like everybody's standing around. I liked that earlier when they do have a lot of movement and they have a lot of action just around Jokic. And before he could start, you know, going to his move, he's more of a decoy and looking over the floor. So, I think. Dunder has to do what they've been doing all season is just make teams work on offense, make you chase everybody and kind of play respect to everybody. Mm-hmm. You said the Thunder? Mm-hmm. No, I said, I said Denver. Uh, but we, we can talk about Thunder. Uh, yeah, they're down 2-0. Denver. Denver. Uh, down 2-0 to the Houston Rockets. The Thunder has not, have not looked good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, Chris Paul has not looked good throughout these first two games. Shea had a, a, a stinker game one, but came out in game two and looked pretty decent. Uh, Lou, Dort, Lou Dort did an amazing job in game two on James Harden. But then you had, like, Jeff Green step up. Mike's guy, Daniel Howe, stepped up. Austin Rivers has looked really good through the first two games. And so far, it's been it's been really all Houston. Yeah. yeah. I think Jeff Green I, played really good in the first game, too. He yep. was hitting those corner threes. Mm-hmm. He's actually They're, been a bright spot for them. I'm surprised. Yeah, and they're in the playoffs. At least in these two games, they've been a like top ten defense, and their their uh, switching has definitely kind of controlled. Wait, 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 wait! Top ten? It's six eight teams. It's still top ten. Top, top ten out of if they number nine I, out of sixteen, eight, 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 they're no, below actually, average. I think they're, I think they're eight to be honest. So we so they're top, the middle they're of the pack. <laughs> they're in the middle of that. They're, they're top ten. They're six. They were eight in the bubble. And the two, two playoff games are six. Okay, so regardless, their, right, defense, their defense has definitely turned up, especially with their switching, and they kind of eliminate that that uh, pick and roll that they that Thunder loves so much because they just take it away. They switch everything, so there's no mismatches really with the guards and everything like that. But I mean, the Thunder just got to do a better job. Chris Paul kind of has to play at a higher level. He can't be anywhere around like 14, 16 points, especially with the year he's had in closing. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of an L loss for the Thunder, Bro, or, oh especially God. when James Harden shoots bad. You're gonna have Daniel House and Jeff Green kind of take over, and like I guess also Rivers. It's, it's like it's the way you're losing the game is not how you want. Bro, Chris Paul stat line for game two. This is something I did not know. He had 14 yeah, points. Say what you say, P? Two assists, I think. No, no. So here it is: 14 points, six rebounds, two assists, a minus 36, a minus 36. That might be had like one of the worst of his career. It gotta time. be, bro. It's minus thirty six, and it's not even like minus thirty six in the game. They lost by forty. His other teammate Shea, Shea was a plus seven. Lou Dora was a plus four. Gallinari was a plus twelve, and he ended up a minus thirty six. He was. That's terrible. That's they were they were so much better apparently with Schroeder what on the guys, court over Chris Paul. What you guys say about him, D Mills? Is he uh, terrible? Paul? He must have accidentally no. ate some some meat in the bubble, bro. There's no way vegan. Chris I'm just Paul saying, we going off these lines. one bad games and they terrible. It's Chris Paul, man. <laughs> See, no, I got a theory. I got a, I got a, I, th- I got a theory for the Rockets though that this bubble actually may help their style of play because, you know, with the traveling and stuff, that adds to the fatigue, which is why a lot of times they you can see that the fatigue and stuff will try to catch up to them. Now they don't have to travel. They kind of just get to chill. They get right into their room. They don't have to do all that. So now they like rejuvenated and they playing more fluidity. I think it might actually help them fatigue-wise. Eric Gordon has looked really good too in these first two games. He took on their Westbrook role. Yeah. And I, that's why I say you got to give your credit to Mike D'Antoni when um, he definitely made that trade and moved Clint Capella because them having that floor space like that, it doesn't just help Russell Westbrook and James Harden. It helps players, literally everybody on the team, that if you don't have that three, hey, drive and kick. You're going to find somebody open. And with no rim protector most of the time at the rim, it's either a layup or you're always going to be in a predicament where you got to help and you're just going to give them what they want in another open three. So it's kind of hard to take – Houston Rockets, they, they made it so they're going to play their basketball regardless. You know, and it hasn't really been a team that's like, okay – we're going to, since you're small, you know, the team's always looking to get those post touch and everything like that. And I feel like you play into Houston's hands when you do that because they want you to kind of turn the ball over. They want you to go for twos and those hard layups. 
uh, versus their threes. So everything they're doing, it seems like they're just working in their favor. So I got to give my Luckily for them, they're not going against a big that's Yeah, that they're not really dominant. Dominant. They haven't gone against nobody to, to, to do that. Yeah, I know. This, okay, this is probably one of the worst offensive rebounding teams in the league. I think. They are the worst. They are the worst. Um, but they they will have to go against the Lakers next round if both Yo, teams see, get that out. That's PJ Yo, Tucker on AD is Mike. different. Your tone will change, Mike. But no, I, mean, uh, I, I got to give them the credit for what they've been doing so far. Uh, I got to give credit to Robert Covington. Uh, talk about switching and everything. He's 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 been one of the best defensive players in the bubble or in the playoffs thus far. Uh, very instrumental to what they're doing, him and P.J. Tucker. Um, yeah, the, cha- the the switching is just everything. It's just everything. Dennis Schroeder also hasn't really been on much. Um, no, their perimeter defense, they've been keeping people in front of them. And like I said, with those switch and roll pickers, it's hard to get to the rim. And when you do, it's probably another body right there to kind of like uh, help out. I want to see a bounce back game, though. I want to see Me game too. three. This this uh, should not be like a sweep series. Yeah, OKC's okay, too talented. Yeah. I want to see uh, Chris Paul. He's going to bounce back, and then if it, you know, it starts for him, and it trickles down to Gallinari, Shane, and those guys. They're more than capable of of, of, of signing the series right back to two two. Yeah. If we came back and, and did another podcast, and it was two two, I wouldn't be surprised. Get to the last series, which is Miami versus Indy, and Miami is up two zero. Saw some big games from like Duncan Robinson, uh, the Dragon. One thing that I re- realized on the, I think it was last game, Duncan Robinson came out. He had three straight threes in the first quarter. Boom, 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 three for three. And then they cut to commercial, and whoever was commentating, I forget who it was, they were like, the dragon is heating up. And I'm like, what? but that was Duncan Robinson. So I look at the box score, and Drogic is 0 for 2 on the day. And they just, you know how, like, they just be trying to say something and go into yeah. commercial? And that was that type of moment. Like, bro, what? what? They Either way. going to take Goran Drogic's whole name. name for real. For real. <laughs> but that, um, hey, Duncan Robinson been one of my favorite shooters, man, in this bubble. Mm-hmm. He's been lighting it up, you know. He, he has his confidence has been there, especially with these bigger moments uh, in the playoffs. And you gotta love it. Him and Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero's look really good, man. Especially for a rookie to come out and play significant minutes on a playoff team and and not be bad or not even be close to bad. He's been really, really good. It's, it's that's, good. Shout out to Miami, man. That's what they do. They put people in situations to succeed, and I think that's what it's all about, especially for young players. Duncan Robinson, just shoot. Tyler Hero, do you? Jimmy Butler, be you. Bam, be you. And when you let people be them and just, you know, hold them accountable for what they do and just allow them to play their games, I think that that's what you get. You get those type of results. But if you're asking Tyler Hero to all of a sudden be this point guard and all of this shit, then no. But I think they do a good job of taking guys and allowing them to be them. Derrick Jones Jr. is, is you know, being him and playing big for them. Uh, I like their team. And I think they sh- – I hope they sweep them. Just go out and, and rest – Cause then next series, who would they play? They play the Bucks. Yeah, so sweep them, oh, get you some rest, yeah. and start focusing on the Bucks. Cause I think if you give Miami some time to to sit back and strategize, some some shit can happen. They gonna be looking at that game one against Magic. Like, what? Let me see. What's very interesting yeah. about about this series though is that Indiana has been in both games until like the last three four minutes, and then yep. something happens, they just stop Jimmy playing Butler's basketball. Threes, and yeah, when they it needs the most. So like. Though it's a 2-0 series, this could easily be 1-1. This could easily be 2-0 other way. But some something about the 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 Miami Heat just seemed way more po- po- poised, 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 poised. Yeah, yeah. And those last couple minutes to to really end up winning the game. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of Pacers fans calling for Nate McMillan's head. And it just seems like every team's organization wants to fire their head coach right now because they're losing a couple playoffs. I don't. <laughs> Not yet, at least. I mean, I, I just think the C team is just too deep. They're very deep. They're giving you a lot, and they're able to like really contain TJ Warren. And yeah, TJ Warren hasn't been a, a, that much of a factor in this series. It's because yeah, TJ Warren has never been like, like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm a bubble first team though. All I like TJ Warren, but he ain't a 36 point scorer like he was doing. <laughs> like he just came back to reality. Yeah. <laughs> They're missing Sabonis though, so mm-hmm. yeah, Sabonis is huge. Definitely a big L. Is he? <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Thank y'all so much for watching and listening to this episode of Through the Wire. We shouldn't. We need to start saying this at the beginning of the episodes. We at keep forgetting. Yes. If you are watching the episode, please go download the audio version, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, yada yada. 
um they're they're positive incentives for us not like monetary but if you want to see us on different projects um getting our numbers up higher and higher helps house of highlights give us different shows and stuff like that so go ahead show love on, on both versions of the pod and we'll be back on tuesday and i know y'all tired of hearing that other garbage anyway because i see y'all complaining about it on twitter this is where you get the real basketball talk. Man, I can I can talk for an hour about the stupid stuff I see I'd be seeing on on Twitter about these daytime TV hosts, bro. And they still be watching them they when they got watch. guys like us. We ain't the only podcast. Go go get some some talk instead There's some of people out there that know what they're talking about for real. You ain't Derek gotta will watch fit those shows though. Derek is reactionary. Derek will be right there. Nobody is double. LeBron has done that twenty uh, thirty four. Tobias Harris is terrible. Tobias Harris, 37. You know, I think Tobias Harris is one of the most underrated guys in the league. That's all they do. That's all yeah. they do. It's like a yeah. tennis match. They go back and forth, back and forth. LeBron's the goal. LeBron is not. He's with the, just back and forth. Uh, I was about to say something else. I forgot what I was about to say. It had nothing to do with them, uh, but whatever. We'll see y'all Tuesday. Peace out.